Hi, I'm your host, Kimberly Thomas-Tigg, and you're listening to Signalize, a Dazzle for Rare podcast. Whether you're a patient, advocate, caregiver, or a clinician, Signalize is your source for good news, personal stories, events, and the things that rare and associated communities care about. Follow Signalize and Dazzle for Rare at D-A-Z-Z-L-E, the number four, R-A-R-E, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where we'll post episode links, updates, and more. Hey, editing Kimberly here. Due to the, the usual start of autumn lurgy that my husband and son now have, my normal recording schedule has been upended. But don't worry, we have the ruler and relevant TLDR, and we also hear from Daniel DeFabio. So stay right where you are. A conversation with Daniel DeFabio already in progress. If anyone doesn't know, I work at Global Genes, and we just hosted Week and Rare, which combines the event we're most known for, which is the used to be Patient Advocacy Summit, and it combines it with our Health Equity Forum. We had four tracks, and there's a great agenda for whether you're still sort of on your own and you haven't found your people to work with yet, or if you're already in that space of being a patient advocacy group and trying to coordinate your efforts. And then if you're sort of advanced on that path, and that is taking you into things like research, one track was even called Masterclass, those sort of deeper dives into some scientific advances, you know. So did you want to know more about N of one research or gene therapy or something like that? So there's a lot of great programming for all of that. And then the Health Equity Forum had its third year sort of raising the, the complicated issues of um, who gets included and who gets left out and what what are those systemic inequities and uh, when somebody's under-resourced, you know, and underrepresented and maybe that's in actual healthcare or is it in clinical trial research? And we try to get to actionable steps there with the findings we, we discuss. So they called that one equity into action for that reason. And the other one, Rare Advocacy Summit, was called Level Up Your Advocacy. Had a little video game thing going with it too, just slightly, slightly. To be continued. We'll get back to the real Kimberly's chat with Daniel DeFabio in just a moment. But first, let's run through your rare and relevant TLDR. For those who don't know me, my name is Kimbabot5000 and I'm filling in for human Kimberly again. There have been some space and quiet disruptions with her household having the lurgy, so I'm covering this segment. Not to worry. I may not be a real girl, but I've got the real goods for your awareness calendars. In our last episode, we talked about craniofacial acceptance, international hypothalamic hematoma awareness, leukodystrophy awareness, national M, thrombocytopenic purpur awareness, newborn screening month, pulmonary fibrosis, SDXBP1 awareness, and thyroid cancer awareness. September has also been mitochondrial disease awareness time, taking place during the week that was 18 the 24th of September 2023. Finishing out September, we have ataxia awareness. For unknown reasons, I thought this was August 25th, not September 25th. In any case, we're always happy to shout out our friend Alan Thomas of Ataxia and Me in Wales. Go show his org some love at ataxiaandme.org. What's ataxia, you ask? According to the Ghoul Old NHS, ataxia is a term for a group of disorders that affect coordination, balance, and speech. Any part of the body can be affected, but people with ataxia often have difficulties with balance and walking. 
As Ellen has shared online, it can also cause folks to have disturbances with their vocal cords, causing speech difficulties as well. While it is an umbrella term, not a specific disease, there are several conditions where the main feature is ataxia, such as Friedrich's ataxia is a rare inherited disease that causes progressive damage to your nervous system and movement problems. Nerve fibers, the spinal cord, and peripheral nerves degenerate, becoming thinner. Thank you, Nord. On to Arscog Syndrome Awareness Day UK. The day after this episode drops, we have Arscog Syndrome Awareness Day UK. According to the good folks at Nord, Arscog Syndrome is a rare genetic condition characterized by short stature and multiple facial, limb, and genital abnormalities. Additionally, some types of cognitive disorders may occasionally be present. Up to now, the FGD1 gene on the X chromosome is the only gene known to be associated with Arscog syndrome. Sport Purple for Platelets is on Friday, the 29th of September. This event, celebrated on the last Friday in September, supports those suffering from idiopathic thrombocytopenic purpura it, which we touched on in our previous episode. Rare Cancer Day September 30th is hashtag Rare Cancer Day, an annual awareness day devoted to shining a light on rare cancers and the issues people living with them face. Now for October Awareness. If I go to fast, don't worry, you can find all of these on our Dazzle 4 Rare Awareness Days calendar at dazzle4rare.net slash awareness days. Gotcha Disease Awareness Month, a condition that affects about 1 in 40,000 live births. Homocystinuria HCU Awareness, Kabuki Syndrome Awareness, Liver Cancer Awareness Month. This is a cancer that starts in the liver as the name suggests. It is sometimes called primary liver cancer. A cancer that starts somewhere else in the body and spreads to the liver is called secondary cancer in the liver. October is Neiman Pick Awareness Month. Support one another and support your community by raising awareness and educating others about Neiman Pick disease in your community. Global NCBRS Awareness Day Monday, the 9th of October on October 9th it is Global NCBRS Awareness Day. Please help raise awareness of this rare syndrome within our wider communities and the medical world, and possibly some funds too. Don't forget to use the hashtags hashtag global NCBRS awareness day hashtag NCBRS hashtag NCBRS rare. Rett Syndrome Awareness Month October is Rett Syndrome Awareness Month and governors in several states honor our effort by signing proclamations declaring October to be Rett Syndrome Awareness Month in their states. World Pandas slash Pans Awareness Day is Monday, the 9th of October. This day sets out to increase research, education, and support to those affected by the condition. Charcot-Marie Tooth Awareness Month Charcot-Marie Tooth Disease was discovered more than 130 years ago, yet the world still has no treatments or cures. Although 3 million people worldwide are affected, few have heard of CMT. September is CMT Awareness Month, a time to educate the world about CMT. Both Now One Awareness Day and International Gotcha Day happen annually on October 1st. October 7th is recognized as International Trigeminal Neuralgia Awareness Day, a time to highlight this debilitating condition and encourage those who experience symptoms to seek an expert opinion, as many cases of TN are frequently misdiagnosed. There are some regional events in October on the calendar and we'll leave them there for those interested in what may be going on in your area or for your condition group. 
you can search the calendar and put in your condition name to see what comes up. And if your event is missing, add it. International Mastocytosis Mast Cell Diseases Awareness Day, October 20th. 22Q Awareness Day is Sunday, 22nd October 2023. Suit Up Action Day is Friday, the 20th of October annually on the 20th. Never heard the term suit up. Well, each year the Epilepsy Foundation recognizes Suit Up Action Day, a day devoted to raising awareness around the world about sudden unexpected death in epilepsy or suit up. If your life is touched by any form of epilepsy, please consider joining the Epilepsy Foundation on October 18th to initiate and have some serious conversations about epilepsy care for everyone. It's often not mentioned to patients with epilepsies that are thought of as more benign, whatever that means, but it's something that can touch a person's life regardless of how serious some clinicians view your epilepsy. So let's talk about it this year on the interwebs and hashtag SuitUp or tag the Epilepsy Foundation on this date. On topic still, if you are interested in the epilepsies because there are many, please check out our friend of the podcast and previous guest host, Terry Robinson. She has a banging podcast called Epilepsy Sparks Insights where she speaks to experts around the world about the epilepsies and a wide range of topics affecting humans with epilepsy and their loved ones. It's highly recommended and not just because she's a good friend but because it's also deeply interesting and important stuff for those touched by the bit E, the one that is an encephalitis. Now for non-rare and conferences for your calendar. National Critical Illness Awareness Month is observed in October and helps to spread information about critical illness prevention treatment and patient care. Getting diagnosed with a critical illness can be devastating. However, there is hope and that starts in awareness. National Arthritis Week UK 12 the 18th of October 2023 This National Arthritis Week 12 19 October Join Arthritis Research UK in being a painkiller for yourself, a friend, or a loved one. Do D. Ovarian Cancer Academy Annual Retreat The American Association for Cancer Research Special Conference Ovarian Cancer U.S. is 3rd to 7th October 2023 Attention Advocates The Powell Drescher Ovarian Cancer Research Foundation is offering an opportunity to attend the Department of Defense Ovarian Cancer Academy Annual Retreat The American Association for Cancer Research Special Conference Ovarian Cancer the organization will be sending one research advocate selected through their application process to these back-to-back -back events, which will be held October 37, 2023 in Boston. Rare Diseases and Orphan Products Breakthrough Summit U.S. 15 the 17th of October 2023 Washington, D.C., U.S. A join Nord from October 15th to the 17th, 2023 for the Rare Diseases and Orphan Products Breakthrough Summit. According to Nord, this exciting event brings together over 900 rare disease advocates, experts, and stakeholders from around the world to tackle the most pressing issues facing the rare disease community. With a focus on the most critical topics, including accelerated approval, newborn screening, and equitable access to care, the 2023 Nord Breakthrough Summit promises a full program of productive discussions and collaborative solutions. Next, we have the annual HLTH 2023. According to their website, HLTH 2023 is all about personalized experiences that focus on your goals. 
Whether it's meeting people and organizations who can accelerate your business outcomes, staying ahead of emerging trends, connecting with your industry colleagues, advancing your career, or all of the above, HLTH 2023 will deliver a curated experience that is tailored just for you. Join the 10.000 plus anticipated attendees, including two 500 plus CEO, 300 plus speakers, and 800. It plus sponsors, all convening at HLTH 2023 to be part of healthcare's preeminent all-inclusive event experience. That was a lot, but it's all at your fingertips on our Dazzle 4 Rare calendars. Now back to the chat already in progress with Daniel DeFabio. Have you seen any sort of evolution in the appetite that the folks attending have for getting to know more about getting into trials, getting more into research? Has there been any sort of change or evolution that you've seen in that? Yeah, absolutely. I think the opportunities are increasing and the need to understand those opportunities is therefore increasing too. So, you know, maybe somebody's looking for a drug like a small molecule drug, but then we hear, oh, there's ASOs, there's gene therapies, there's gene replacement therapies. And of course, anyone with a single gene mutation looks to the examples that have succeeded like SMA and thinks, can we do that for our disease too? There are great lessons to be learned and and sort of guidance we can offer, not just we at Global Genes, but we bring in pretty expert panels to do this so people can assess the changing landscape. And um, that's one of the things we've started to call next generation advocacy because the technology keeps changing and the opportunities keep changing. And maybe what you were doing 10 years ago needs to change with it in some cases. And that's also a great benefit of having, it's not even quite a full year yet that we combine global genes with RareX. So RareX is a program we offer, used to be a separate entity, now we're all combined, a program we offer to take one of those early steps, which is your patient health data, collecting that as a Let's say you're the, in my case, the Menkes Society or the Menkes Foundation for Menkes Syndrome, and you need to gather up patient health data, you know, all the data points of maybe it's a natural history or maybe it's just, you know, a collection of people's symptoms and basically surveys. Anyway, it's it's standardized surveys that can be federated and distributed to any researcher who wants them. And the difference there from maybe some previous models is patient advocacy groups might have been doing this to one particular purpose. And then they find they had their people take the time to fill out all these surveys, but they weren't useful again in any other application. Or maybe they were owned by a particular company. And so in this model, you control who sees your data and you can opt for only academic researchers or only pharmaceutical researchers or all of the above. It can become very useful later on, but it also can become a chance to be discovered. You know, if somebody's maybe not interested in Menke's disease, but they're interested in epilepsy and seizures are part of Menke's disease. So all of a sudden their eyes are open to, oh, maybe there's this other population that I can take a look at. And what do you know? Here's the data I need totally right here available. So I think that's one great way we are positioned to help Uh, patient advocates that are looking to get started in research. I think that's a pretty good early step to be taking. I kind of feel like now that you've said that, that's like a really important thing for folks to know, because it's like this space has really just sped up so quickly. And so the things that we might have been doing five to 10 years ago in nonprofit organizations, all of that is so antiquated now. But when some people have been kind of forward thinking and collecting some form of self-report, 
reported data or some kind of historical information about their patient populations, it's interesting to know that they might be able to do something with that. And I think you like it can't be said enough that things like that are incredibly valuable, that it kind of sounds like also there's an opportunity to sort of allow them to determine if they want to sort of open source that data and to whom and how. Um, incredibly helpful to folks. Yeah. And so many, I'm sure you encounter it too. So many people are a little bit fatigued with surveys that have very good purpose, but you can only do so much. And so this can be a way to have done it once and not need to do it again. So you can go back to it and say it's available here. And I'm not going to do the, the Vineland is a is one of the major surveys that's included. I'm not going to do the Vineland again. I did it. It's on Rare X. You can go get it. Well, that, there's a lot of really useful applications to patient advocacy groups right there. And that one I think is really important to highlight. And maybe if that can spur some folks on to attending next year. So in terms of you know, the way that you get to, you personally get to interact with folks, what are some of the conversations that were coming up or sort of the things you were finding yourself sort of naturally talking about with folks? You know, I always, being a rare dad, there's there's not as many of us. There's more rare moms that tend to go to these events, but I certainly gravitate to them. And we were glad to have maybe at least 10 or 12 that I can think of that were there for this. So that feels kind of like a lot in the space and it's very welcome to me. And I hope I welcome to them in return. But that's the informal stuff that happens in the hallways. And I really value that. You never know, you know, who's going to have the conversation you need to have at that moment. But then on a more formal level, as as I was scheduled, I spoke uh, on two panels I moderated. One was um, how to talk to doctors when you might be more expert in your condition than they are. And we started that off with sort of a fun and it seemed a little bit silly, but it actually made a point activity, which was like a, almost a gong show. So a doctor who's a rare mom, Nicole Glenn, and you can see her on an episode of our show, Once Upon a Gene TV um, she had a pre-recorded video that was a little too medical jargony. And I brought up four volunteer contestants and gave them a buzzer. And every time they heard jargon that didn't make sense to them, they buzzed her and we stopped the video and she was there in person too. So she had to ask, was it this word? Yes. Oh, let me describe, let me re-explain that in layman's terms. And we did quite a few of those. There was any number of buzzing in. In fact, we didn't even play the whole video because it was getting so obvious <laughs> that uh, we needed a more plain language approach when talking to patients. And, but then, well, I, so that sounds maybe a little bit fun. It, it makes the point that we are not accustomed to interrupting a doctor or challenging a doctor or pushing back. And, and we need to, that was the point. Then the, then the audience um, volunteers sit down and the real panel steps up and we have a discussion on how we can better put forth our needs in that situation. And if we need to tap toe, tiptoe around an ego, uh, you know, it could be as simple as asking for a second opinion can sound like a challenge, right? So you could instead just say, who else should I be talking to about this? And now it seems like it's their idea to get the second opinion. And we all know in this space, second opinions, the least of it, we probably go third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth opinions. Another aspect complicating uh, things is we discover perhaps too painfully, maybe no one's in charge of the overall team. Everyone's in their specialty silos and they're not necessarily reconnecting and, and considering everyone else's specialties. And sometimes that's you and 
we're not used to that. We're, I think pre-rare disease, our normal healthcare systems, we can talk to one doctor and get one plan and be all set. And then we find ourselves in this complicated world where we have to coordinate all these different specialists and make sure they're working in concert. And we're not used to that role. If you'd like to hear more from Kimberly's chat with Daniel, subscribe to Signalize. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Signalize, a Dazzle Ferrer podcast. To stay up to date on the podcast and Dazzle Ferrer, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at D-A-Z-Z-L-E, the number four, rare, R-A-R-E. And finally, if you liked this episode, share it with a friend and tag us on social media platforms. 